welcome to another episode of Light of Some Steam Action Podcast. And I'm PC, and again with me is Grant and Renan. Hello. Hello. You know, this is my second time of doing this, and we still haven't discussed really anything, so action movies. Uh, we're going to burn up <laughs> But it's fine, because it's our anniversary, and we have Haribo. I'm, I'm here under false pretenses. You're here for Haribo, really. <laughs> we sold you with Haribo and um, promises of Earthworm Jim. <laughs> so we'll just skip on to our first question for today. Which is your favourite fight from either TV or film, since we're discussing the Batman vs Superman film there? Christ, are we? Yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, is this a lack of when I said, did you tell me in what we're discussing this week? You went, yes. I did. That's fair enough. Yeah. No, no, I remember now, I do yes. remember. <laughs> Excellent, now we've I'm cleared busy. that up. <laughs> I'm a busy guy. So, yes, we'll be discussing that later. I think it says more about how little we have going on in our lives <laughs> that we do remember. So I've got a few suggestions. I think the the first one that will be in our lives would probably be from the Daredevil TV series. Yeah. The two fight sequences. So yeah. the one, um, the corridor sequence from episode two of the first season. Are you talking about the bit where they fight in the park, him and Electra? And oh like yeah, on the, on, on the seesaw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome fight sequence. Oh wait, that's the film. Lol. Oh no. <laughs> It's oh another Ben Affleck film <laughs> when he was a great superhero. Oh no! But yeah, I think the the two Daredevil fights that they had the the sequence in the corridor and obviously the one in season two going down the stairwell was fantastic choreography and just a great kind of real fight if you like as well. None of this. I'm going to punch you. And you're going to fly through a wall or whatever. And a few others as well. But I think we'll just. Oh, sorry, that's what I like. <laughs> <laughs> Too much shell and soccer for you. <laughs> What about yourself? Um, I'm going to go with the introductory fight in Versus, the Yuhei Kitamura film. Okay. <laughs> that introduces the fact that this world has zombies in it, and not only that, but the zombies can use guns. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what happens, it's been scientifically proven that they can. Specifically for the bit where the flamboyantly gay crime boss... Um, there's a zombie coming up behind him and he shakes the gun as if he's shaking off like a rain, like a raincoat or something and then shoots the zombie without even looking. Just great. I love that film. It is complete nonsense. It's Highlander meets The Lost Boys meets a Jackie Chan film. My mind can't even compute that. <laughs> I recommend it. Yeah. What about yourself, Ren? Well... I think, you can th- I think I find it hard to look beyond Indiana Jones. Ah, uh, the whole Matt Williams uh, fight, eh? No, 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 no. Raiders of the Lost Ark build up to this big ass fight. The guy's um, like twirling the sword away. Big Indy hauls out a gun, shoots him stone dead. Boom. Because that was famous in improv as well, wasn't it? That wasn't even. It was, it yeah, was yeah, famous. Like, yeah. because Harrison Ford was just, just, I think it was like too many takes and this and Jesse's saying. He just wanted off set, so he just shoot him. And you know it's it's the perfect movie fight. It's, it's, yeah, it's I think it works so well with the tone of the rest of the film as well. Yeah, it defies expectations. I quite like it for that. Yeah. Apparently, the stuntman was quite angry after he did all that practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's a stuntman. Who yeah, cares? Yeah. I mean, Harrison Ford is going to get his own way before that. So that was quicker than I thought it would be. But that's fine. Um, so we'll just quickly move on to our daily book of news. Um, so we've just watched the trailer for Doctor Strange. We have, which was released yesterday. Um, give me your thoughts apart from Inception I, I really don't 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, how 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 deep are Marvel going to mine their continuity for shit bit part C lister Z lister fuck ups to make the same fucking movie? It is the same movie. Seen the same fucking trailer. It's like, oh, it's an origin story. You help people. Here, have some magic fucking powers. Here, this guy doesn't like you for some reason. He's going to be your big bad. You're never going to fight the same guy that Captain America did. No, no, no. You all get your own nemesis. And then you're going to fight. You're going to hurt him. You're going to kill him or whatever. Then you're going to get penciled in for Doctor Strange 2 sometime around 2022. Doctor Strange 3, about 2025. Doctor Strange meets... Fucking Ed the Duck, 2029. <laughs> By 2035, we'll be on the third or fourth incarn- incarnation of Iron Man, and then you'll fight him. But it won't be Benedict Omnipatch who's playing Doctor Strange by this point. No, no, no. Well, it'll be rebooted about three times. It is an utter, utter travesty of creative talent. It's it's awful. I am so fucking sick. Of Marvel making the same fucking movie. So um, interesting you talk about the same trailer. The bit you picked up on right away when we were watching it is the bit where the music goes, (laughs) (laughs) which Inception did start as well. Fucking hands on, right? I love the man. I love the man. I love his work. Fantastic. But you can't have a trailer now without. Usually, as like character walking slowly because big dramatic music requires huge amount of bombast for a man seemingly doing nothing that seems to be the modern take on it because he is so quietly powerful he gets bombast just for getting up in the morning imagine imagine there's like that, 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 clock. that yeah. scene on Family Guy you know where Peter Griffin just what <laughs> so like to have a soundtrack for his life <laughs> imagine if you have your, your life you had so much bombast in your life you woke up and was like you would have to wake wake up like straight in bed as hell. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like I had. Do you have nightmares? No, but I have to wake up like this. <laughs> Union rules. It's the most dramatic way. <laughs> Feel the tension. I'm, t- I'm trying oh. to get rid of my jobby. Well, unhappier news for you. Do we the bricks, please? Unhappier, Julie Blue with new news. Um, they are bringing back the tech. Who's, Who's playing him? Um, they haven't confirmed yet, but Patrick Warburton is involved. Not as the tech, but he's involved oh. in the creative team. I thought I saw some casting news on that. I, I swear it's someone... Oh, no, I did. It's um, Peter Serafinovich. Yes. Oh. Yes, that is confirmed. Yeah. All right, excellent. Shall we tell the news to you? Or? <laughs> <laughs> this is a combined effort, so it's all good. Meanwhile, and we know what the fuck's going on, town. <laughs> Another point I wanted to make as well is they are releasing a 35th anniversary definitive Aikida box set this year as well. Because Did you just call it Aikida? Aikida. Aikida, yes. Another thing I wanted to mention was that Michael Keaton is being named as the new villain for the new Spider-Man film. Aye, because I mean, you know, fair play to Keaton. He's having one of those those brilliant kind of Renaissance. Yeah, and it's lovely. Something's a, everywhere. Reconnaissance. 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 Yeah. You know, we have. We haven't heard from you in fifteen years, and that's a shame. So now we want to hear from you all the time. 
<laughs> Can't wait for that to to Paul Hogan. I mean, we'll be seriously missing that guy since Crocodile Dundee 2. I mean, he'll win an Oscar for some shit and it'll be amazing. I'm which, still waiting which for the reboot. Which character would Paul Hogan? Who's, who's the casting for him? Oh, uh, you'll Cable. be like the fifth Captain America sometime about 2040. Cable. Yeah, like, that could actually be a good show. But you go back That's play. not a metallic arm. This is a metallic arm. 35th anniversary box set of Akira. And I say this against the backdrop of uh, the horrendous concept of them doing a live-action Akira, which has been yeah. thankfully caught in some kind of production hell of lately. But we do thank production hell for a lot of things. You know, it's. I mean, I'm sure they've. I'm sure they've got all kinds of new transfers and interviews, and it's in a shiny new box. But stop trying to make money out of it. It's an absolutely amazing piece of art. Just leave it where it is. And as much as and and just, I don't know, it's, it's just because Akira just triggered it, but. As much as I like Scarlett Johansson, I think she's a great actress, and if you've not seen Under the Skin 2014, go watch that. It is absolutely brilliant. Because boobies. No PC, actually. No. no. Because of fully rounded female characters, actually. It is, I'm, just, I'm just easier to please. It's, it's as good a performance as you're going to see from any actor yeah. and, and from, from that vintage that year. And because and it's a genre film, ignored at all the big awards. Correct. Course. But, you know, and actually, the story was. Uh, because it is based in Scotland, after all, it was a it was a Scotch yeah, author shot in Dumfries. Correct. Um, yeah, it's completely like it when the Hibernian fan gets uh, liquid, liquidized. But <laughs> it's a dream um, come true. Quite a lot of the Hibs fans been that this so many. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's I mean, like it was taken straight out of my fantasy book that I colour in every day at work. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like Scarlett Johansson. Leave Ghost in the Shell alone. Just leave it alone. I mean. The standalone complexes were brilliant, although the animation does look quite badly dated now. Hmm. But the original '95 movie is still a fantastic piece of science fiction. And if you know, we have a tendency in in, in the West to sort of bias against us. If someone asks you to attend top science fiction movies, an animated feature probably isn't going to get into your list somewhere. But if you're actually thinking about it, the original Ghost in the Shell. As a piece of standalone science fiction, the themes it covers, the setting, the the actual background of the thing it is is so fantastic. You know, the idea of it was years ahead of its time in terms of thinking about information networks, uh, in terms of automation, cyberization. You know, it, it was talking twenty fifteen years ago. It's talking about some of the stuff that we are going to shortly be coming to. It is an absolute tour de force. I think as well, like if you look at the Matrix. As much as that borrows from Grant Morrison mm. and the Invisibles, it also borrows a lot from Ghost in the Shell. I agree. I think as well the there was one thing I want to say about DVDs coming out though is why is thirty five years? Why is that an important landmark? Because if you divide it by ten, it's important. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> five years, ten years. <laughs> I think because of the five times table. Yeah, I think what you were saying as well about people's favourite films and not really having an animated feature in there, like an anime. I think part of that as well. Up until recently, anime really had a big stigma against it, where people didn't see that as a serious mm. kind of genre of film. It was a case of, well, no, it's animated. It must be for kids. It really well, wasn't taken seriously. Where it is a, it is a very good medium for storytelling yeah you get right. some really interesting people like that. The, the kind of judgments people come up with is PC all you watch <laughs> <laughs> is shows with little girls <laughs> PC you're a nice guy and I'd love to go out with you but the kids cartoons just put me off yeah I did say that but 
<laughs> but that's the thing though I mean people I think when they, they think about anime or manga they think about like technical porn and you know, all that kind of stuff but it's like yeah. well no because it, when you look at it you? it's like <laughs> 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 no not at all but this is the thing I mean there's such a wider concept involved and there's a lot of ideas that people have and they can't really be fully realised in a film because if you try to make it as a film mm. in terms of things like um, constraints and budget and also having studio that would allow for certain things as well I think when you watch some of the stuff you watch like each season's got like 300 episodes in it. and it's like how do you decide what to uh, cut and what to oh, so I mean from a storytelling point of view a lot of anime I tend to find even the best ones tend, still tend towards a bit of clunkiness with the the expositionary yeah. tell don't show kind of oh my god you mean the emerald that was my grandfather's no yes. the other one you dick but it, 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 you know you can sort of live with that and, and some of the movies actually works for it and I always think like the the almost despite the best efforts Ghost of the Shell some of the, the I mean if you watch the, the dub and I know that's sacrilege in some communities but the dub the, 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 the dub the dub is a little bit stilted mm-hmm. and some of the characters come off as a bit monotone but I actually think that works towards the, the movie's themes of you know how much humanity is actually left after you've stripped everything else away yeah. I think that all comes together but I absolutely agree with you in terms of it's it's as a canvas it allows a lot more imagination in terms of shot selection, um, in terms of setting up the scene, and I mean some of the I mean with anime it's always been the superb amount of detail that goes into everything. Mm. Well, it's telling its own story with the amount of animes that they're now well, trying to convert into live action. Yeah, well, that's kind of probably important. every time you try to do live action of anime, it fails miserably. Mm. Well, Attack exactly. on Titan is the least, latest example of that, isn't it? The Korean, yeah. Korean version is it? I can't remember because they did actually have that at the anime festival that was one of the features um, films that were there but yeah we give that a bit of a body swerve but um, <laughs> yeah because Dragon Ball Z resurrection was there and you just could walk past that yeah that's a classic in its own right it's fine because <laughs> by which point we'd all reached our final form so it was fine <laughs> I will start with my final form oh wait I've been holding back I have a final final form <laughs> love it I bet part of the conversation was as well wait a minute we can drink in this cinema this is the one we want to go and see <laughs> Drink, drinking in Dragon Ball you can't get much better than that <laughs> don't drink in Dragon Ball <laughs> <laughs> what's the Dragon Ball I don't care <laughs> yeah the Dragon Ball's in it for like two seconds at the start and then it's just this one cares. massive set piece fight and it is brilliant I'm just in to justify the title bye now <laughs> TV buys it's always this there is a case of whoops we seem to have killed half the planet it's fine we've got the Dragon Balls we can bring them all back and that's, the, that's basically the whole reason why they were there to justify this just extreme amount of destruction and violence that's just, well, but it's fine uh, the afternoon we spent just watching animes at the cinema Ghost um, well, the Ghost in the Shell which was the the latest incarnation of that showing sort of the young mm. Major Kusanagi that was pretty good but for me the star of that afternoon had to be Psycho Pass yeah. which is such a brilliant which, anime yeah which is one I've discussed before on, um, on the podcast as well and if you've not seen it then it's definitely oh get out there see it is is fantastic we'll move on before we get yeah, that was like second. that was yeah. like two-ism right there we'll, do our, we'll move on to our movie <laughs> fact then yeah, we do <laughs> so again I'll remind you on this one what we'll do is ask the question now uh-huh. and then I'll get your answer from you at the end, end right, of the episode okay, no okay. so it's just an easy one again this week so mm. in the film Battle Royale yeah. actually actually no before you go on uh-huh. you said can I just remind you 
again. <laughs> you didn't tell Renan that the first time. That's where the issue came from. No, no, them after, I told them afterwards, so this is me reminding them after I told them last time. Go on. So, yeah. Go on. So, I concede your point. Go yeah. on. Thank you. That's brutal. Never concede the PC. Never. Yeah. Somebody has to. So, in the film Battle Royale, uh-huh. how many kids were in the class were put through in that? So, your choices are 24, 32, 42 or 44 it's Japan so it's 150 and <laughs> for your section Rena, the you want to get nuts let's get nuts um, I was going to show you the picture of um, Scarlett Johansson in the Ghost in the Shell but obviously we've covered all that at um, great length now so we can the only other point I was going to mention was if you've seen for the new Turtles film uh-huh. for the for the goo that transferred them originally they will actually can turn them back into humans so they have this whole uh-huh. debate about do we want to be human but how can they be human because they weren't created from humans they were created from but it's alright I mean the, the whole sort of want to get nuts let's get nuts thing is you're trying to make me angry I understand that um, but let me say here and on the record I don't give a shit about the new, new mutant turtles <laughs> I didn't think so this was my backup because you disrupted the original process so. I mean for the love well, of Christ I mean I was even, even when the mutant turtles were a thing and I was still playing with Transformers, right? And then Michael Bay went and ruined that for me. So, yeah. you know what? I hope he shits on Then Newton Turtles from a great height so everyone can experience the soul-crushing horror. Let's face it, PC. If anyone's going to get angry about this, it's you. Because you are the one that hates the first one the most. Yeah. That's what I thought was nothing of a film. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I didn't necessarily like it very much. <laughs> I hate... I'm starting to really hate movies was just like... There's just no performance in it anymore. Okay, so you've got four CGI turtles and... Yeah, it's a case of if you've got the characters there that looks vaguely like it should do, then you can just do whatever the hell you want. I'm not accepting any Ninja Turtles that are not voiced by Corey Feldman. Exactly. (laughs) If they're not, then I'm out. Oh, he's obviously too busy with his band. That's the problem. We lost our (laughs) little Phil, so no shredder, no party. Yeah, this is true. All right, so let's move on to the main event for this episode, which is our discussion on Batman versus Superman. Let's. Where? Yes. You want to start us off, Grant? Okay. So in 1942, Bill Finger and Bob Kane. (laughs) (laughs) You said Finger. (laughs) That's why I was laughing. We want a a hero that has pants on the outside. And a big gun, which is an important point to note for this film, because Batman, in the very, very early years, used to carry a big gun and shoot people with it a lot. Because that's what people did in the comics at the time. She'd also be noted, and I, I think this is an important point to bring up that none of the none of the Batmans since Michael Keaton have had a bat computer. And I think that is a massive um, massive oversight. I know they've got computers and those terminals and use to retrieve information, but they don't have this big ass box that just tells them the plot. I mean, and that's what you need sometimes. And speaking of that scene, you know, that you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. No one's worn a purple suit like that since either. That is a brilliant purple suit. I think yeah. it'll never be beaten. The Joker could easily wear that. Well, I mean, Batman versus Superman, the brass tacks, it's it's a clumsy mess. Yes. It's nowhere near incredible. as bad as the, the reviews it's, make out to be. It's nowhere near as bad as we thought it was going to be. Actually, and I conceded that point. I think you are better knowing some of the clumsy moments before you go in. Because I did, and I think I that helped. Yeah. <laughs> I knew the Martha bit, which is a very, very clumsy plot yeah, reveal. Well, Why are you saying that name? It's Mom! 
What I do My mom's name is Mom. <laughs> I think it's just some of the ideas that they had to kind of move the plot forward. You're just like, what? But, but what? It'll be fine. Just ignore it. Just keep going. It's fine. Shall we? Instead of talking through the film, shall we talk good and bad? Let's talk good first. Good. Affleck. Affleck is a yep. definite good. He's. Um, I mean, you could argue that he's not playing Batman per se. He's almost playing Rorschach. Yeah, because this is supposed to be Batman in these Twilight years. This is supposed to be. You know, Affleck does well looking. He does look Sitting rather look, looking. Yeah, yeah <laughs> intense <laughs> staring at things. Um, Gets you hot under the collar, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And that's why Daredevil is so bad. He's playing a blind guy, so he can't <laughs> can't just simmering stare at you. He's always like staring off to you. You know, left to right. he, can, he can if it's raining. It's fine. If it starts raining, he can stare all he wants. Well, he'd be fine in this universe. Yeah. <laughs> What's the weather forecast over Gotham today? Rain. <laughs> Sorted. But I think in particular the for Batman the, the fight sequence when he goes to find Mother <laughs> going to the building is, is very well done. The, o- the only point that got me with that fight sequence was the fact he gets shot in the back of the head twice and doesn't flinch and then gets stabbed in the chest. You're like it's because, it's because like you know the Kevlar armor on his mask must be pretty heavy so. yeah but it was he got shot in the back of the head twice oh yeah point of black range they didn't even flinch it was like yeah I know we're doing the breathe bad man but it's like right one bullet you're going to be like yeah that's going to hurt two bullets in the back of the head that's like where you're a fucker you know, <laughs> you know, something I, else I like about Affleck though is he brings a kind of lunk headed charm to Batman sort of his Batman is maybe not the brightest, <laughs> and he needs Alfred to be making us up. Well, that's the thing you see: is Alfred's all for. So I you... take that to be that he's like, did something just happen? <laughs> yeah, like oh. Alfred's me- plays mechanic as well, which I think Alfred is great. Because yeah, I mean Jeremy the... Irons does very well in it. Yeah. Although you, you keep expecting Bruce Willis to, to walk yeah. in and go, Simon says, motherfucker. <laughs> It'd be great if he comes out at the end when all the destruction and all that and he just wanders out and goes holy Toledo <laughs> somebody had fun <laughs> that's my uh, favourite Jeremy Irons you can keep your Lolita film that you love PC <laughs> I'll stick with Die Hard with a Vengeance oh absolutely Die Hard with a Vengeance all day long the, the, the main event Batman vs Superman is actually really reasonably well done yeah and I mean you know it does take a lot of uh, Frank Miller's uh, proto-fascist uh, Dark Knight returns to heart to make it happen but you know it, it, it really works well I mean, what Snyder is good at the only thing Snyder is any good at <laughs> is you can actually lift comics onto the main screen we, we talked about earlier with the anime mm-hmm. the way that shot selection and the canvas can be increased and you can get some ridiculous vistas yeah. and the same goes for comics right but what Snyder's made a name for himself was is, is being able to bring these comics to life now you can I mean you know 300 wasn't exactly what you would call onerous to bring to the screen Watchmen well I mean he butchered the plot to get up there but when he got I me mean, basically framed you know someone said this is unfilmable and he took them literally and did it frame for frame mm. <laughs> and it's fair play and you can see that in, in Batman Superman that the, the, he actually manages to give that sense of comic scale to it in a way that I, certainly I don't think the Enforced Disney slash Marvel in-house style does for most of their movies, and you know the main fight is actually I think really well done. You know Batman beats beats Superman with well because he's he's got a brain. Mm-hmm. If you're Superman, you don't need to fight anyone, do you? You just 
you're, you're, you're invincible. Use kryptonite fart gas to yeah. save a love instead. I mean, and I, I still like stink bombs. The, 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 scene where, the scene where Cavill's like fist bounces off of uh, Affleck's arm and, and the, the the mountain desperation on his face at that point, and then like Superman just sticks the head in him is just it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's the Batman beating the shit out of Superman fight I always wanted to see. Superman. I think in order to make this film work better for me, for the Superman character, is to take it more in the direction of The Dark Knight Returns, where because he's been through what he's been through in Man of Steel, he's been forced to kind of ally, ally himself with the government more, and he's more of the, the fascist in league with the state person that is in The Dark Knight Returns, because I don't think it works as well here when he's just a bit misunderstood. Mm. And particularly because the big moment where the the um, Washington the Congress gets blown oh, up, yeah. that works really well as a okay Superman was behind this, but yeah, they just go straight, right round in it immediately. And yeah, because straight away okay, they say it wasn't lie. Superman's yeah. fault. <laughs> See, that's the point I was going to make. So I think if Batman's seen him that way. I think his justification for hating Superman is not as strong as it yeah, could. Yeah, the motivations are a bit bizarre. And Superman's motivations for needing to fight Batman are a bit poor as well. Yeah, they try to they try to play up the fact that he disagrees with Batman's uh, stylings, but the guy comes across as a complete hypocrite when he stops Batman from getting the kryptonite and then tells him to hang up his cape and his cow and can confirm to consider this mercy. I mean, it's mm. just like, that's... You know, that's, I mean, what, what they're trying to do is, like... Yeah, and there's nothing Batman... It plays Batman's... up to, to... It actually plays into Batman's paranoia. But there's nothing Batman's doing that's not things he did in Man of Steel, which is why I find it really weird that they're inventing all these things for him to be angry at when they've got Man of Steel right there. And they even bring it in in the film... Well, that's actually got... quite cleverly done. The way I mean, I mean, I think uh, again, go back to like how good Affleck is. He's actually if if much of the movie shows Batman kind of off the edge at his worst, mm-hmm. then the opening sequence of Bruce Wayne running into a ginormous cloud of dust and two warring super aliens to try and save his people that probably shows Batman at his best. Mm-hmm. And I really, I think that's that's really, really well done, really good. And yeah, I love that scene, but I think that scene is a greater justification for Batman than anything else that yeah. happens in this film that's oh, used. Well, the point is, why did that guy stay in the building? He got everybody else out and stayed in there himself. Because yeah. Bruce, Bruce hadn't told him he could <laughs> exactly. If you, leave, if you leave now, you're getting your forfeit and your pay. <laughs> <laughs> but the point you were making earlier about the bombing—that um, was one of the the real sticking points for me in the film was a case of that was unnecessary the piss um, not the piss because <laughs> again though the acting for that sequence was very bizarre I liked I liked what they were trying to do with it and the, the impact that it had but her reaction face was just beyond bizarre but the actual bombing though because I would, I would actually I would give her much more dues if the reaction had been more of a <laughs> <laughs> something smells like piss in here. <laughs> But that's the thing, like the whole, just bang. the whole reason you were thinking that they would have that they would blow up was because of the embargo that they put in place for not importing the kryptonite across, so that you could weaponize it. Mm-hmm. Because that was the whole thing they were wanting to have it as a deterrent against Superman. But by this point, he's already arranged with one of the other senators to bring it in, and they get shipped. Well, Lex Luthor's motivations are quite underdeveloped as well. Yeah, um, I wouldn't. I don't know. I think because I mean I was always a fan of the Justice League cartoons. Yeah. 
And their version of Luther was is very clear that he didn't like aliens and super beings because he thought that they took away from man's own brilliance, or at mm. least he said man, we mean he means himself. But you know, it's kind of yes, it takes away from his his position and his power. Yeah, but, but you know, it's, it's about it's about for him for him it was about humanity's potential being undermined by you know, by these super creatures and. You know, you can see that in Eisenberg's version. I think Eisenberg's. I mean, this is probably quite, you know. I think Eisenberg's uh, Luther's actually really quite good. I think he's one of the better things. I like I like him as well. I think he gives a completely different energy when he's on screen, which is really helpful to this film. I think he. Yeah, you, you know, you've got the you've got Dower versus Dower, so it's good to have <laughs> a bit of frenetic energy. I don't agree with the whole making Superman Dower though, because I think the whole thing and Lex Luthor hints at this is the sun against the night. You don't really view Superman as a big hero in this film. No. Well, they kind of it's it's like kind of try to shift things. You have to shift everything the same to, to relative to this version of Batman. He still is. Mm. You know, this is a version of Batman that brands criminals and basically just shoots the fuck out of everyone. And this is this is the film in microcosm for me because everything he gets wrong with Superman, he gets right with Batman, and it's. Like, Superman almost represents all these plot elements that you have an issue with. Batman represents the visual and the, the like the action side of it that just actually goes pretty well. In and, that's a, and that's the irony, is that they did this film partly because they knew how badly Man of Steel done, so it was more to kind of bring I d- I didn't Superman... Know. Well, not, not no, in a commercial like sense. Not, yeah, not in the box office sense, but in terms of it actually being a good film. Because you can still have a film that's not great, but it can still make money at the box office. You mean a, like a commercial versus a critical success? Yeah, uh, I think the, the I mean it's it's a bit more fundamental. The problem is that Batman works as a character. He's a he's a he can understand his motivations, his limitations make him you know the fact that he's he's limited to you know he has no superpowers. Yeah, which makes his his battle against criminals. I mean, it makes him more compelling. The problem with Superman is he's so ridiculously he's overpowered, overpowered. Yeah, that it's almost impossible to create drama, which is why. Superman's Rogue Gallery uh, ended up including, you know, some like properly overpowered villains, hmm. and it, it, it makes side, it Dark Side, uh, Brainiac, Doomsday. It Anyone makes them, with a bit of uh, kryptonite on them. Yeah, <laughs> I was still hope we still have that sphere, that sphere, but yeah, it makes it almost it makes Bizarro. it so hard to. Bizarro I'd love Superman. to see Zack Snyder's Bizarro. <laughs> well, there's one for you. Um, what did you think of Doomsday? Shite. It was, it was more the way that in the gist as well it's like this is your doomsday it's like I, what I, yeah it's kind of like the it's kind of like the first version of um, of um, on X-Men on Wolverine X-Men Origins mm. we call him the Deadpool the what now because he's like all the dead guys he's got he's pulled all their talents really really <laughs> all the dead guys he put in that pool <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's he's dead and he's, he's won the pool's results Two things the trailer did not help this film with. No. Is the reveal of Doomsday and the reveal of Wonder Woman in character. Yeah. I think both of I think that would have been a better end to the film had you not seen either of those. Because the Wonder Woman moment would have been more of a cheering moment than mm. it is. Well, like that really, really daft guitar films. riff. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Instead of Wonder Woman, I would have preferred Wonder Woman. <laughs> Because we had talked about that before we went in, because you, I think you'd mentioned that before. Uh, and the first point when you get into just there, it was hilarious. Because as soon as it started, I just looked at him and you could just see him just. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the mutty laugh. One, one of the, what, I actually thought, you know, 
there's, there's um, what I'd love is the the fact is like when he you know the inc- I mean this is incredibly clumsy, but then they're trying to do this on on the hop without Marvel's sixty billion precursor movies attempt you know. Hmm. So uh, you let him off for being clumsy with this whole click here to learn more about Cyborg. Yeah, yeah, because you moaned about that when we got out of the cinema, but I forgive them that for that very reason. It saves you having to sit through another six origin films. Yeah. <laughs> Five of which will be shite anyway. Yeah, but I have to say, the guy the guy that's playing New Flash, though, I'm still not sold on that at all. No. They just... No. no. I, think, I, I like I think, the guy who plays Cyborg, though. You didn't see much of him, he was... I love this. <laughs> I, I, think it's, I think it's brilliant, right? Hmm. I've got two. I, you know, this this guy is basically a chunk of flesh hanging on a wall, and, and, and the, the scientist, played by Joe Morton, favourite of of all ours, I'm sure, for his. I can hold this. Fucking <laughs> love him in Terminator 2, but human time bomb. You know there he is. So there's Joe Morton, and he's going. Subject ninety seven is dying. No shit. There's literally nothing left of him. There is more left of fucking Robocop before they stuck him in his armour for Christ's sakes oh, but no, what's I, brilliant what's I brilliant the cyborg building <laughs> yeah what's, what's brilliant is it's like the Lego kit he's got these two I don't know he's like this is a science experiment of his trying to keep like 10% of a human being left alive and he's got this other experiment completely unrelated that one day starts to react he's like oh no my experiments they are mixing it is a terrible thing it's just like I yeah this it's his son, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have kept my son attached yeah. to the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Slowly rolling yeah. corpse. <laughs> I know I should have got a different mantelpiece cover. <laughs> uh-huh. Hey, that cube you started working. Ten goddamn years that cube's done, fuck all. Yeah. I like the origin story of the Flash, which is like, look, here's a guy if he can run really fast. <laughs> done. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I always wonder, I was like, you know why You know why characters like Batman and Punisher work so well in comparison to their super-powered um, well, it's contemporaries? Related. It's relatable. Uh, not just, it's, yeah, it's relatable, but not just in the sense of uh, in what they're ways? human. It's because superheroes become... Fix, if the fixation is like a crutch, there's a, there's a law out there that states that basically everyone always thinks the best solution happens to be to any problem doesn't matter what the problem is the best solution happens to be the thing they're expert at so if you get a software guy any problem can be solved by another piece of software if it's hardware guy hardware and you can extend that to superhero so there isn't a problem the Flash won't try and solve by running really fast there isn't a problem Aquaman won't solve with giant squid <laughs> that's and you know that's what makes Batman and Punisher and to a lesser extent say Daredevil Iron Man much more relatable is that they the kind of they have much of a broader experience and that gives them much much wider drama that they can go through because they're looking at different ways of solving the problems whereas it's kind of like oh no someone's tied Suflash's shoelaces together boom done I'm amazed that Zack Snyder wanted Aquaman in his film to be honest considering the big build up for it which was literally about 10 seconds and it was then like steady eyes to the boat and then he pops out and goes, "No pictures, please," yeah. and then <laughs> breaks the camera. This might this might be overly overly geeky, but does anyone else think that that version of Aquaman looks like the dude from Stargate Atlantis? Oh yeah, no, you're on about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Stargate Atlantis was shite, obviously, yes. it really was. But 
still looks like him. It just it just felt weird that there was all this big build up on, right? We're gonna have cameos and you know, and you're like, right, okay, there's gonna be something decent where there's gonna be a, a show of power or like, you know, a, something where it's gonna help out the guys here, kinda of like, Oh, what's that? And it kinda of gains interest for them. So that was just like what? Well to be fair, you you previously um <laughs> Uh, be skeptical about the idea that they managed to fit all the superheroes in, and you're like, but they'll need proper stories. And everyone's like, well, they didn't. So I suppose in that sense, they circumvented your criticism. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, and as I've said, as soon as we came out the cinema, the first thing we said is, that's better than we thought it was going to be. And, my, and, and the next thing you said is, I really hated the bit with I wish I wish you could take credit for this, but I can't because it was um, our mutual friend. Uh, Big Alan Trainer, uh, who said this when I walked to the cinema with him, and he realised. So he stole that disc from Luther, right? Yeah. Which means that Lex Luther got all the files, yeah, and then designed little logos for them. <laughs> <laughs> so he's copyright. He's copyrighting <laughs> all these superheroes. Yeah, it's like uh, I shall call you a cyborg. My name is John Cyborg. Your name is Cyborg! You will pay me one dollar each time you solve a crime. <laughs> I, I, am, I am king of Atlantis, you're Aquaman. Uh, <laughs> I, I really prefer your highness, Aquaman. <laughs> you're a Aquaman. That obviously explains that he gets so much money in the later films then because of the copyright. Wonder Woman as well, eh? yeah. My name is Wonder Woman. <laughs> I don't no, know. Wonder Woman. My name is Diana. No, Wonder Woman. <laughs> so I don't know if you noticed this as well. When like you know the photograph they show over from like yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, the Chris Pine's in there as well. Yeah, obviously he's going to be in the Wonder Woman film. It's on One of my favourite bits in the film actually was when Doomsday was shooting bolts at Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman's lying on the ground and then just gives this smile of, oh, it's like that, is it? And then jumps straight back at him. And then it goes, nah, 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 nah. I can't wait for a rehearsal of him just because that's going to be playing all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy from Mad Max with the guitar just doing it constantly. Well, apparently that was actually Hans Zimmer did that bit. I mean, Junkie XL did the, the drums, but that, that particular bit was Hans Zimmer. Yeah. And, yeah. I, you know, I think, Does Hans Zimmer not have a kind of production line? people working for him I was going to say because there was a thing the other day saying that he's now officially retired himself from doing yeah, I, superhero I, you got to think that we reached that situation point when Hans Zimmer just doesn't want nothing else to do with it but yeah. this, is, this is the well, movie this is the movie that killed Hans Zimmer's involvement this is the one that's made him I'm walking away because there's fuck all else I can say about these guys in tights <laughs> really I mean yes he's, he's a spoiled little boy who had parent issues and now he kills people apparently the last one didn't do that <laughs> and him I mean how, how do you write something how do you write Dramatic music about a guy that is not even basically that just it just is invincible. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's reducing drama down to you know does a super sperm destroy Lois Lane? I mean how gentle does that man have to be? Question viewers. Questions. I, th- I think as, as well when you're writing a theme for Superman, you've got to be like, okay, oh how about this? No, I can't think of anything. No, that's taken. I would say that. I mean, look at all of William's themes, and you can rearrange most of them to be something. You know, it's just kind of like. (laughs) (laughs) Could just be one continuous piece of music. Yeah, you do a John Williams medley. I mean, you get to the Schindler's List bit, and that bit of that. I'm now just picturing Schindler's List with the theme from India. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking with the Jaws theme. Ralph Fiennes' theme in that film. 
Yeah, we're not going to hell. Imagine uh, Jaws with the theme from E.T. Like the shark coming <laughs> in the water. <laughs> Star Wars with uh, Jurassic Park. Rook. I am your father. <laughs> you are the chosen one. <laughs> so anything else you want to say, PC? Um, well, I think that's just pretty much covered Batman vs Superman. You probably want to talk about Wonder Woman's breasts or something. Mm. <laughs> Knowing you, you bloody sexist. Thanks for that. You are about the pig, to be fair. Well, the last thing I was going to cover was um, going over our game with no name, which is when I give you names of characters that actors have played so first three names will give you ten points second three five and last three one point okay they should be a leaderboard for this shit uh, we're kidding so Ethan Rainer Frank Farmer and Mariner oh um, no no oh yes Kevin Costner I was thinking the rhyme of the ancient Mariner no uh, yeah was... I, I, th- I thought we were going for the old Aquaman vibe here yeah I remember <laughs> I remember <laughs> We all remember. It was a bad time. So how many points do I get for that? Like you 10 get points. 10 points for that. I get 10 points. In your face! I feel like Why do guy, you cry? the guy who finished uh, second in the Masters and had to put the jacket on the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> this jacket means you know more about Kevin Costner than me. I know now why you cry, but it's something I'll never do because I will always beat you. I will always beat you! You bleed! I can kill you! <laughs> Get to the chopper! It's going to Mars! On Mars! What the fuck? <laughs> Benny! Benny! It's like Arnie Tourette's. That man is eminently quotable. Yeah. You're a choir boy! A fucking choir boy compared to me! It's not a tumor! Not a tumor! <laughs> I still love it when he shoots the crocodile in Eraser. Your luggage! <laughs> I watched that recently god, I forgot how god awful it is Our true lies when he's got the two serum and then I'm going to kill you <laughs> your Arnie impression is actually really good <laughs> well I think that's just about it for this week uh, the only thing left to do is just go through the movie fact so your answers were 24 32 42 or 44 I'd go 42 24 and Grant would be right on that one in your face now give me that jacket back <laughs> that wasn't that's not part of the game it's <laughs> alright it's alright you can beat me in as many little pre-season friendlies as you like that was that was, that was kind of more like the, the, the capital cup of the Ramsden's cup yeah. <laughs> I put it in my beef team there pal and we beat you 1-0 so <laughs> how would you like that Bungo. In a one-off game, just because you won this season, you think you're so good. All right, PC, let's see. Can you end the show, like, you know, with a bit of flair? Come on, give me your best host. Host with the most. Come on. And we won't let you end it until you do. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go make a cup of tea then. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, you've got more than that. I do, I do. It's just to see the expression in his face. Well, thanks for coming this week again, guys. And we will think of something interesting to do next time, which we haven't decided on yet. But well, we haven't managed that last two times. I've this done is this. very true. <laughs> we live in hope, listeners. Yeah, because apparently you don't read your emails. Yeah. How about um, just a show where we talk about Arnie? Just all things Arnie. <laughs> I'm sure we could do that. <laughs> just to bring those impressions back. <laughs> we'll just sit back and just let you just go off. It'll be fine. 
Yeah. Go um, film by film. Mm, yeah. Do an impression from each yeah. film. <laughs> Give us twins. <laughs> Probably end up giving you Danny DeVito. Or Eddie Murphy in the much talked about original version. It's still, it's still on IMDb. It's a project in development. Jeez. Triplets with Eddie Murphy in it. And on that bombshell, we'll leave you with that one then. So, yeah, see you so, next time. Sorry. <laughs> da, 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 da. Earthworm Jim. He's such a funky guy. See you next time. <laughs> no, you're not ending like that. Come on, more. Give us more. Goodbye. <laughs> more. More. We will see you all next time. Thank you for listening. <laughs> it has been a pleasure. Sweet zombie Jesus. More. We're, we're, we are not leaving <laughs> until you do this. Do it right, Done. like all the people do on all the other podcasts. They have a beginning, a middle, and end. They reach the end. It's like, what lesson have we learned this week? What fucking lesson have we learned? That's the glass table. What's what's the fucking lesson, man? Where's the fucking lesson? Well, summarize, summarize what we've talked about. We have Wrap it up in a nice bow and make a pun, and then we're off. It's that easy. <laughs> and go. And go. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Goodbye. Son of a bitch. <laughs>